If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Boom. Guess who stepped in the room? Boom. Guess who stepped in boom, the room? Boom, boom, boom. Guess who stepped in boom, the room? The friend boom. zone's here, friend. What you gonna do? Don't pop your hip. Don't break your hip. Just shake your ass and watch it dip. And purse your head and purse your lip. And if you got something to say, don't trip. Because we do it and do it and do it, do it. We don't rap with that saggy titty girl. We'll say, hey, hey. Was this a freestyle? It was. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta sing. Please. Give, give us a good little run at the end. Just one. <laughs> Just one, friend. Come on. Come on. No, we're good. Okay. Well, hell. Okay. Oh, you know what? But I did want to do like a the friend zone intro like to Jennifer Hudson. Be like, the friend zone. <laughs> it's a circle of friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so real. <laughs> Dina's beautiful and she's always been beautiful. But Look, I've got the voice. Uh, no, Curtis. no. Everybody, welcome to the friend zone. We black owned. Not the set of dream girls. Because we, we could do dream girls all, like the entire episode. Yeah, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I don't know. Come how on, catch your breath. Okay, I, hold on. I know you got a stone in your purse to catch your breath now. <laughs> What color is that one? Oh, as long right. as you can have any stone you want, friend, just don't have a kidney stone. Okay, <laughs> been there, done that. Boom. So, welcome to the friend zone, everybody. Like Hey Asante just said, Hey, 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 and hey, friend, hey is here. Hey. All right, all right, all right. And is that Dustin Ross right here? I mean, that's who I think I am, but you know, the people got to tell me. Who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's our second episode, ladies and gentlemen, and I am just so happy to be here for another week, another blessing. And what are you guys up to? Oh my god! <laughs> I, just, I wanted to ask it in a really way to piss you off, but I couldn't think of the best way to do it. So oh I just, god. I just turned white. I was like, "What are you up to?" <laughs> so how are we jumping in this this week, guys? Well, like Trey songs, <laughs> you know. I'm about to die. Switch, slip. Oh, okay. So this is for all the rap music listeners. I was about to make an eight ball and MJG reference for those who know. There's a song called Space Age Pimpin', legendary Southern rap classic that can still move the crowd and make the club get on their feet, make people fight, all the fun things in a club. Yeah. But uh, all the a, fun that, things in the yeah, club. Yeah. There's a line on that song. You know, the party ain't turned until like a fight broke out. Like, man, it's too hot in here to fight. And Seriously. Broke out. And it's really turned if you keep fighting. I mean, if you keep partying after the fight. But they fighting over there. Shit, I don't give a fuck. And you right? just throw your cup up. <laughs> Anyway, there's a line in the song where they say, slip on the latex and dive in. Swish. 
Well, we about to dive in like eight ball and MJ, just like that. Mm -hmm. See how you caught that and violate. That's why this the friend zone because you get it. You get me. That's right. I get you. That's right. We see each other. We see each other. Oh, wait. So never mind. I don't want to talk about too much like pop culture in here because so much is like happening in my ratchet TV life. (laughs) And then I was gonna bring up Nene not having her show with Wendy Williams or whatever. But we don't care about neither one of them horses. So. We, we don't. I just like that Nene got put in her place yeah. over some bullshit. It's like two Ford Broncos fighting. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, leaving. Like that's, that's, you know, that's what that's like. The friend zone has ended. <laughs> can, there, can, can there be a more unattractive fight like Nene and Wendy Williams going at it? A more Come on. fight. It's like, it's, it's like it's, anyway. Okay. So yeah, welcome oh to the friend God. zone, you guys. We're so happy to be here. Another I need to week burn with you. some sage. You do because we need to. I <laughs> see like, why we need you, friend. They I feel, do this. I feel like we gave it full throttle. Next time, I'm bringing incense because <laughs> this started crazy. Thank you. You did. <laughs> it was all at once. There was nothing you, you guys. Could do. I'm, I'm gonna reel them in. Don't worry. All at once. <laughs> that was a Whitney run. More like a Whitney jog, but you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yes, welcome to the Friends on this week two of us doing what we do here. We're so excited and so happy to be here for a second week. Thank you so much to everyone who listened, everyone right, who right. shared. The amount of support that we got for our first episode was literally overwhelming. Yeah, we were full amazing. to the brim, y'all. Full to the brim. I was full. It was the perfect momentum to come and record the second yes, episode. Yes, it was. And so we are riding that wave and happily so. It hey, feels good. It right? does. Very. Thank you guys for all the emails, too. We yes. have so many good stories to share. Yes, we do. All yes, the comments. It was awesome. Thank it you. It was. It's a really good place. Right? Right? It's a really good thing. Yeah. Everybody's our friend in the friend zone. Hey. <laughs> Let's see how long that lasts. <clears throat> Let's see how many friends we can keep in the friend zone. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so this week... Um, I don't know. I'm just feeling a What's little. What's on your heart? You know? Have you ever left? La- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I think I already did it. And know? actually, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what happened we all? I have cried on big black mammy titties. But the, the point that's is. That's not what she said. That's exactly what Iyanla said to Karuchi. That Karuchi. might be what was implied to you. <laughs> you were sitting right there. She it's said, on the thing. It's on YouTube. She didn't say big black mammy titties. I wish Crystal was here. But anyway. <laughs> Crystal, Crystal knows. So anyway, because she remembers. Anywho, this week, you know, I just have been seeing a lot of different things in the media and a lot of different things um, just all around relative to family. Right. And so I am a person who is fascinated by relationships within a family and the the, the progression and the, the growth that takes place within those relationships. Family relationships, to me, there's nothing more complex than that. Um, the dynamics between like a mother and her oldest daughter, mm. um, a father and his son, a mother and her son, you know, daddy's girl, a father and daughter, right. siblings, you know. Only the children di- with single parents. Bingo. Right. The dynamics of those relationships, the, the complexity is like unmatched. Mm-hmm. And as you stated last week, friend, that is really the basis of how we step into in relationships independent of our families Absolutely. in our adult life, even in our, our young adult life, in school, friendships that we make in the workplace, our coworkers, things like that. Right. Everything's rooted in the f- nature of our relationships within our family. Right. And just observing, you know, these different relationships, I have never seen. It, it's like it goes both sides of the coin. Right. You see either a very fierce closeness 
or when there's a rift and there's discord, that hatred is deep. I've never seen anyone so vengeful or anyone so just just emotionally robust. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As the dynamics between family Family. members who are at odds. Right. How do you get to the point where someone who it's a floetry song where she says you know it's so bad to or not floetry excuse me it's michelle and daigiel cello and she says it's so hard when you end up hating someone that you once loved you know what i mean and mm-hmm. when you really think about that not only is it real but that's true like the further the, for the for the the dynamic to shift like that and so drastically it's crazy and i think that it's because there's no one that you really trust more than your family initially okay Mm -hmm. those are the first relationships where you learn trust those are the people who is literally instilled in you that these are the people that you support and these are the people that support you this is all you have you know blood is thicker than water those are all the things that we're led to believe Mm -hmm. well life happens things happen people's personalities take shape and ultimately sometimes those relationships falter and it's not just like something that goes quietly it's usually bad right and so i've always been fascinated by the change how that happens and how you move from loving someone literally wholeheartedly to now just resenting them to the hundredth power literally sometimes hating them it's really heartbreaking and it's one of those things where you don't even really have to be involved sometimes you can just see other people going through that and it really pulls at your heartstrings because it's really a natural emotion for us to have that kind of love for our family member um i am those of you that know me know that i am fiercely close to my sister and my brother they're my two favorite people in the world and we're we're literally asante's laughing because he knows my sister well yep and, and you've, seen, just my, calling you've you. seen my you've seen my brother just <laughs> called me right while we're recording this show right those are like my that that's literally all i have and i'm so thankful for them and they they've set such a great example for me on even how to be a friend because we're literally friends mm-hmm. um but i also am no stranger to the other side of family relationships i've seen it i've experienced that as well and it's weird because there's something inside of me that makes me feel as if I'm obligated to work through those issues. I'm obligated to make that right, even when the other party is not willing, even when the other party isn't trying, even when the other party is just blatantly, you know, in opposition to harmony. Right. It's almost <laughs> like you feel like it's literally in you to try to fix it and make it right. So. I just kind of wanted to explore that because I know it's something that is familiar to a lot of us, sadly, you know, the negative end of those relationships. And it's something that people really struggle with, because like right. I said, we're 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 created and, and shaped and socialized to think that this wow, is, family. you know, yeah. family. That's all you have. And yeah. so I'm sure that there are people out there who are going through that. And I really think it would be dope if we could share some ideas on how to maintain a closeness and a sincere, a legitimate closeness, not just something for the sake of, oh, you know, you're my brother or you're my sister, so let's be close. Right. I had a conversation with my brother once, and he was saying how it's not even something that, like, he thinks about. He was like, you're my brother. Like, I don't try to have a relationship with you. Like, we're brothers. You know what I mean? And that's my experience, too. But like I said, there are other people who may have, you know, a more challenging set of circumstances to try to manage. So what do you guys think about that? Let's talk family this week. (laughs) I I like it. Mm -hmm. Digging in. Well, um, I remember one time we were having this conversation about our parents and I was telling Asante and Dustin that the greatest compliment 
I've ever heard in my life was overhearing my mom on the phone telling someone that she wishes that I was her mother and she hopes next lifetime we come back in the reverse. And I was wow. like, wow, <laughs> that's probably like, that's deep. how do you even respond to that? You know, and I, I was just so stunned that she felt that way. But as strange as it sounds, my mom and I have raised each other, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's something that is a difficult concept to understand because you think of your parents as these people that know everything <laughs> and mm-hmm. have it all figured out. But, you know, it took my mom it took my mom to really um open up to the fact that she didn't have it all figured out Mm -hmm. and you know being accountable to a lot of her mistakes that did shape um, my life and the trajectory of my life really and I sorry (laughs) there's like (laughs) laughter and I'm sitting here trying to figure out what happened (laughs) right um but yeah so my mom um and I had a very very difficult childhood growing up because she was you know it was that storyline of the single parent and she would work during the day and go to school at night yeah. she was very tired wow and so she would come home I was staying with my grandmother and a lot of her stress was taken out on me because she didn't have another outlet you know and and she was falling under this narrative of trying to make sure that I was taken care of and everything was provided for and she was both parents you know but what was missing was the emotional element. A lot of that coming from her own childhood, she didn't have parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that trickled over to how she, how her world was shaped, basically. Mm-hmm. And she uh, didn't really know how to connect with me in that way. But she knew as long as, you know, this kid is eating mm-hmm. <laughs> and is dressed and is at school, you know, everything would be straight. Yeah. So a lot was missing emotionally, like to the point that even now if my mom and I hug each other, it's like a weird like, Mm -hmm. hey, (laughs) you know, like it's awkward kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, But it took me, um, I've mentioned this before, it took me growing up and making my own mistakes with people and my own mistakes in life and my own failures with career and relationships and just the typical human experience to look back and have a better understanding of where my mom was struggling and how I took it so personal when in reality it actually had nothing to do with me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we have this thing with our parents where everything, every reaction they have, everything that we deal with, we think it's it's something they have against us, you know, or something that's like bad parenting. But right. a lot of the times it's, like we said in the first episode, it all goes back to Your childhood. their childhood. Yeah. And I think it's time that we humanize our parents and our family members, you know, and remember that everyone's going through their own thing. Absolutely. And it comes back to that, you know. And I think it took me becoming an, an adult, like I said, making my own mistakes to really look at my mom and be like, dude, I totally understand yeah. how difficult that must have been for you with your crazy childhood, your crazy life, to then all of a sudden have to take care of a kid. like." Right. And, and nurture this child into this world without even having any tools in your toolbox because no one gave them to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how was she supposed to build with me when no one had built anything for her or with her? So like I said, my mom and I have raised each other well because now, you know, I'm 33, she's 60, and it's now that we finally understand each other. So it may take a while. But it'll happen if, if it's what you want, you know. The moment that you start to see your parents through the lens of them being just adult people. 
right is a very it's 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 just uh, it's just such an enlightening moment right when you stop viewing them as your mom or your dad and just view them as a woman and a man and you look at their decision making from just an adult standpoint and just them being people, you consider their past, you consider their family circumstances, you consider, you know, the things that they've happened and you begin to understand both good and bad, why they are the people that they are. Right. And why they why they have done the things that they've done. Um, and the, the awakening that occurs can either move you one or two ways. Um, it can either make you have all the reverence in the world for them and not even necessarily reverence, but just understanding. You can mm-hmm. understand. And sometimes all you need is just that clarity to move forward, right. to forgive if that's necessary. You know, and then on the other side of that, it can actually, you know, create a resentment almost because it's like I'm an adult. I recognize all of these things and I also recognize the importance of my role if I were to be a parent. I recognize where I would have to be unselfish and maybe make a different choice than what you made. Right. You know, and in those moments, that's where the forgiveness switch has to be flipped because it's very easy to be judgmental of your parents. It is because you're you're personally you're directly impacted by the things that they do and say. Right. And I can remember when I realized that my mom and daddy went together. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) For the longest time. I just thought, you know, that's my family. Like, that's my mom and my daddy. And then I remember it hit me like, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) They kicking it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they were like girlfriend and boyfriend. You know what I mean? I can remember figuring that out. That's funny. And so. Once, like I said, once you see that and you think about that and the older you get, the more you have your own life experiences, mm-hmm. right? The and more so that you always, for me, that's really what flipped the switch for me. Yeah. My you own see mistakes. That. Yeah. You see that. And so it makes you start really thinking on a deeper level about why they are the way that they are. And most of, more often than not, it encourages you to have conversations on, you know, beyond a surface level parent child conversation, but you really start talking about life. Like, you know, mom or dad, here's what happened to me. I understand this, you know, what should I do? And that's in my, from my opinion, like you really need your parents most once you become an adult. Right. You need them as children to keep you clean, wipe your ass, you know, do all (laughs) that stuff. But you need your parents when you are an adult, when it's time to make decisions, when it's time to be wise, when it's time to do things smart or to think first or to make the decision that, you know, requires more consideration than just the impulsive decision. That's when you need your parents input and their influence. And so sometimes, though. Because your parents are people and they have an opportunity for choice, they might not be pleased with some of the choices that you've made as an adult. And so then they begin to resent you and they don't offer that support or they don't offer that adult help. And they're mad at you because you're doing things against what they may have wanted for you right. and thus you know there creates the rift dynamic. yeah right so it's just amazing the way that things can shift one way or the other it's crazy because i think in my adult life i haven't experienced a situation yet where well honestly in my in my entire like life I've always like gotten along with my mom like we've always like loved each other like i was in a single parent household but then when i got older um, just this past year, my mom and dad got married. Like he Look was in the room when I was <laughs> young. So Look cool. at that. You know, he had his own stuff going on. But uh, I, as an adult, I have to like get to know my father all over again. But living in New York City, it's just so hard to deal with everything, you know, maintaining, staying afloat and then trying to make room for people that, you know, are not directly in front of you as well as, you know, soil the relationships that you have here. 
So it's just so hard to really sit and figure out how I'm going to work through a conflict with my mom because me and my mom have never really had conflict. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of that um, didn't prepare me for certain things Mm -hmm. as I got older. (laughs) You know, since we didn't have a lot of, like, I can remember, you know, being young and she'd be like, you lied and like stuff like that. But like, um, it doesn't prepare you for like somebody's in your face, like what you going to do, you know? So then I had to do that on my own and then, you know, middle school fighting and shit or doing whatever (laughs) and then being an adult and being friends with everybody. So it's kind of hard to think about those relationships that I'd have to soil um, now with my parents or even my my sister, because me and my sister, um, we're kind of drifting right now. And it's just such a weird dynamic to see, as you said, but I can't even think of how to work through any of that. Like, I'm so clouded and focused on all of the things that probably don't even matter yet because, you know, I'm still, you know, 28, 27, 28, thinking about all the fast shit. Well, but which I'm, one is it, God damn it. Well, I'm 27, 27 but I, I turn, <laughs> I'm 27. I just turned 27 <laughs> this like year. Something like that. Right. But um, I just know that 28, coming up on 28, it's my seventh year. I've been reading up on that old show because, you know, friend, let me borrow that book. Hey. So, like, I'm th- reading about all the different <laughs> stages and phases in my life that, right. I'm, that I've gone through and that I'm possibly and going to go wa- through. Yeah, stepping into, And yeah. so, like, to hear you talk so deeply about your family, it's just, like, I partially feel like I missed out on a lot as far as that's concerned. And not to say that, I live with my mama, but we never spoke to each other. But right. it's like, we could walk into her room and she'd be like, hey. And I'm like, hey, girl, what's for breakfast or something like that? You know, we just kind of like were around and got along. Like, I went to school. I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I got a job when I was 16. That's my, a blessing. Not to say I, that I was the golden right? child, but. But you were. I was not. Because <laughs> Donetta's listening. I know she is. And sister's like, really? I, I, I absolutely was not. But it. I was the youngest of, you know, me out of me and my sister and my sister being the only daughter. Um, I know that they had their own issues to work through because there were times I do remember my mom and my sister, you know, they, them going at it and they have to work through their own stuff because it's like, oh, that was, you know, I was eight years. Um, we're eight years apart. Okay. So it's like, oh, I really don't even know where to begin with what they got going on. So I haven't even figured out how to take myself out of that box yet. As random as that sounds, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are like that. I don't think it's random at all. And in fact, I'm amazed that our society is one that lends itself to us feeling like because like you feel like because your upbringing was essentially normal, you know, and drama free. You missed out. It was not you personally, but there are other people who feel like if they didn't have. You know, those experiences, they weren't prepared to deal with conflict. Like, that is essentially it wasn't a that great it was, circumstance. Well, let me clarify. When I say that I wasn't prepared for conflict, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, because, you know, now that you say that, I don't want people to think that I just had that upbringing. It was like, when stuff would happen, my mom would drop everything that she had to do to make things work. And, like, you know, we, That's didn't, great. we didn't talk about it, but she did what she would have to do. And then it was just like, that's why I try to be like my mom. Whenever there's a problem, like, I just try to go and I try to solve it. I don't try to, like, focus on it. And I realized that I kind of missed out on just being able to, like, reflect on things. Like, oh, well, let me take a step back, see the situation. It was like, nope, this just happened. You got to go in here and get it done. And then snap, boom, it's out. Man. But I like that approach. But personally. in doing that approach, you know, when you meet people, <laughs> when you meet people, you sometimes like, oh, this person has a problem. I'm kicking them out. Like, bye. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I as opposed it. to trying to take people as they are, meet them where they are and work through stuff with them. And I think that's kind of where I disconnected because it was like I had to learn how to do that on my own. You know what I'm saying? But I kind of feel like maybe my mom did prepare me for that in a sense of we didn't have to go through that. So I could go to her about stuff like that. Right. So there is still that. 
that sounds great to me. Glass half full. Yeah. I um I don't like Okay, so like like my brother and my sister and me, right? Like they're older than me. I'm the youngest, right? My sister is the oldest. Um By the we, way, I envy y'all I like envy y'all's relationship. Thank you for that. You know? I love them. Like they are I I know. You love them so I love them because you love them. Like for real. And so <laughs> like like for real for real. You That's ever so want to see awesome. me get emotional? Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, like all my life I can always remember two things, right? I can remember watching my sister and my brother. They went to college and like they were cool and like I That's wanted so to be cool. like them. See, I'm an only child, so hearing these stories is like <laughs> I'm sitting here swinging my feet. <laughs> Literally, she. <laughs> but like I, I, but when it comes to them, it's like they have always treated me as their equal, like their peer. We've all, there's a camaraderie that the three of us have like always had where like we've just been in stuff together. Um, How much older are they? My sister is 12 years older than me and my brother is eight years older than wow, me. Wow, nice. And like it's just never been a question. It's time to keep a secret. The secret is kept. Mm-hmm. It's time to lie. We're going to lie together. Like, the, you know, <laughs> like that's just how our relationship oh, cool. is. Like I've, it, there's never been a thought otherwise. But I do know that sometimes in sibling relationships, jealousy arises all these emotions that to me feel completely unnatural and sometimes you can all come from the same two parents and some of you will agree on everything and there may be one of you who does not and it's like you're slamming your head up against the wall because you have this great relationship you know over here but then there's another person involved who is not who doesn't who may have different intentions, whatever, you know, and it's just different. And so I think that a lot of people experience challenges there when it comes to them having, you know, a certain harmony with their other siblings. And then there's one who there is disharmony or who, you know, there's discord or who doesn't see things the way that you guys see things. And it's not even really about that. It's just that they are like refusing to see things the way that you see them. Right. I have a question. Do you think... um like the favorite child is like, do those things happen? And is that what causes the, <laughs> I, la- I you do. know, is it like, cause you like, everyone knows that who that the favorite happens. child that, that is. And that's the I've person. seen that. I've that seen, I've seen that in several families where the parents have just been more inclined to, you know, spend time with one child because they may be an easier child to raise. Right. And that I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things where when you're growing up or when you're a kid, you know, it's like, damn, how can you have a favorite or whatever? Right. But then you grow up and you have a life and you're around kids. Yeah. And you realize it's not even you realize it's not like as an adult, it may not even be favoritism. Like yep. it might be a management thing, like, oh, I can do this easier. Some than kids I can are just some right kids now. just yeah. take less work. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And some kids are some parents are uh, some parents feel that some kids can manage things on their own, but they don't require as much from the parent as other children do. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that's misinterpreted from children as you know favoritism favoritism, right as opposed to it just being literally easier for them to parent that child (laughs) but i also friend and asante feel like that is a responsibility that parents have when you know that and when you recognize that that may be interpreted from your children as you playing favoritism i think that you are responsible to for making sure that the other child does not feel that it's favoritism 
Right. You know, you're grown, so you should be able to manage all of that. You should know that that child feels that way. So let me go ahead and set aside some time or set aside some whatever for me to just dote on this t- particular child so they don't feel left out or they don't feel that I'm showing favoritism to the other one. Right. You know? And I think that gets lost along the way. We're people, so sometimes even as adults or as parents, you know, we may be selfish a little bit. And I think that the word selfish often has a stigma attached to it. There's really sometimes it's okay to be selfish, you know, but I do think that being a parent is the one time where it is of the utmost important for you to be an unselfish person. Right. It's literally about the child or the children at that point. So that's so intriguing to me. Well, speaking as the only child, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm -hmm. must be nice. I think that it had its perks then, (laughs) except for having to entertain yourself in your bedroom by yourself. (laughs) That's why you're so damn smart now. (laughs) Reading every damn thing. Reading every book in the house. Um, No, but I think, uh, and I'm sure a lot of only children from single parents and being poor in the hood can relate. The biggest challenge for me growing up was, like I was saying earlier, my mom being so busy trying to keep, you know, things going. And then you fall into people being like, oh, you're so lucky because your mom working so hard and you're so blessed, and you know, and they have no idea, like, all the things you're missing out right. on mm-hmm. because she's never home. And you kind of just have to, like, smile and agree. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we have food in the fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like My pants was clean and ironed, right? you know. Yeah, yeah and, I, and, you know, luckily I am thankful because my mom did work extremely hard. I was able to go to all the best schools, you know. I yeah. made sh- And there's that pressure, too. Like, she's pulling her and I had to pull mine, right. you know, to make her proud and to make sure that she knows everything she did was worth it. Yeah. But, you know, there's just so many elements that are usually missing, you know, and, and parents just fall into this narrative of, like, let me just maintain you know, the bare minimum half the time of like the things that you need and a lot of conversations get missed and a lot of, I mean, I even think that might be maybe the mental hygiene segment today that we should transition into should be, mm-hmm. um, see, well, I saw that segue. Yeah, see, I, 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 <laughs> you did that. I like how you did <laughs> I gave you all the quiet stuff. You did, you did. Um, I think maybe what people should do this week is to really sit and make a list Maybe that should be the challenge. Make a list Mm -hmm. of the conflicts that you are currently going through in your family. Write them down. It may sound cheesy, but you'd be surprised how making, you know, making notes of the things that are bothering you will just bring them to light. And then you can actually start knocking them out one by one. The people? Not the people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> Dustin just held his chest. I was like, about to be like, friend, it's my kind of list. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not a knockout list. <laughs> but literally, you know, they, they call it shadow work. Right. Um, and it's it's like taking care of the things that you are leaving in the shadows, the things that are kind of lingering and you kind of go day by day getting done what you need to get done when those thoughts are still back there bothering you about that thing that you haven't talked to your mom about, that thing your sister might not know. You know what I mean? And I think maybe the challenge that we should all come together this week and do is to create that list and start, and I mean, get really detailed. Right. You know, sit and be like, my mom and I didn't fix this thing that this happened. It's a dangerous list. No, but it's so important and so valid and helpful. And once you start making that list, start having those conversations. Because I know for me, my mom and I are so, we're such great friends now because 
I held so much resentment against her for how emotionally unavailable she was my whole life. You usually hear that from boyfriends <laughs> or girlfriends. Right. Very rarely is that discussed with parents. But when they have all these mental blocks, you know, it's hard for them to relate to you a lot of the times. So I was able to sit with my mom one day and we had a long conversation where I actually sat with her and was like, you know, why are you like this? Like, what is it that is so hard for you to communicate sometimes and even affectionate? Like my mom isn't affectionate. Like we don't have that thing. So I really wanted to talk about it. And she was just kind of caught off guard because it was like, why are you trying to dig, you know, <laughs> dig into all these old stories? And I'm like, no, mom, like, seriously, clearly. And her eyes got all watery. So I knew that I had tapped into something, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was necessary. And we literally just talked for hours. It was the longest conversation. But our co entire relationship changed that night because she started telling me stuff about her childhood. And then suddenly I saw the child in my mom. Right. You know, and that's what really changed everything for me because I saw I saw that she was. In a way, it was like a kid had been raising me. Right. In a right. weird, you know what I mean? This Absolutely. kid who was neglected and unloved and troubled and confused was now in charge of another kid. Right. You know, and now it was like these two kids in the house kind of looking at each other like, Welp. <laughs> well, what you going to do? Well, what right. you going to do? Yeah. But because she was so much older, you assume that wisdom and age are correlated somehow, but they're actually not. They're not. Yeah. You know, and I think that was the biggest lesson for me once I started realizing that. And even when my mom would get angry, it was you so childish. You know, like she would yep. go into the room, slam the door. And I was like, <laughs> am I living with a teenager? You know, like we would do the same things. And yeah. so I think, you know, I think that would be a really cool challenge for us to do this week to just start having those conversations with the people around us and this you know i know that we're focusing on family but take it bigger than that maybe you have a friend and you guys fell out you know or maybe the relationship is shifting or something you know and and give them a call but before you give them a call sit down and and be accountable for your end of it absolutely your contribution to whatever you know wherever the wherever the space is in now because that's important, too. I know with my mom, what fixed us is that I was able to apologize to her, you know, for my lack of understanding, my lack of compassion, which is also important for her. You know, you have to forgive your parents and you also have to forgive yourself for not understanding and not taking the time to understand them. So what do you mm. do? when mm -mm. when the other party is not willing right like say you have because i'm sure that this is something that a lot of people are going through absolutely when you add in different dynamics like say religion you mm -hmm. know what i mean or something that will make someone feel as if they have to deny their natural inclination or their natural feelings and adhere to a certain moral code or mm -hmm. you know something faith-based what do you suggest then when the other party may not be as open or receptive to the communication like, is there a certain point where sometimes you have to just make peace with yourself and kind of let it just be? I mean, yeah, because at the end of the day, you can't force someone mm -hmm. to to communicate. They're, that The only way it works is if both ends meet halfway. You know, and even if one may not be meeting all the way, but, you know, you can kind of pick up the weight of it. But if someone's just completely closed off, then that's just a door in your face. And what can you do? I mean, I think... Most of us have dealt with that maybe with grandparents that are like so stuck in their ways, dealing with sexuality, 
the way that you the decisions you've made in your life your boyfriends girlfriends maybe they don't like them you know what I mean there's so many different things that happen I know I I dealt that I dealt with that with a gram with my grandmother and unfortunately she passed before we were even able to patch anything but I really felt I felt okay in the sense that I know that I tried yeah and and that's the most that you can do you know if you have this relationship that's not working with someone the most you can do is give you a hundred percent effort and then walk away from it saying well at least I gave it what I could and if it didn't work it's not because of you for me um when I experience conflict or just any situation like that where I'm not able to find you know definite resolution the new Dustin you know at this stage in my life I like to take away from it whatever I can and apply it to other relationships in my life it's just like I know that that doesn't make me feel good so I vow you know what I mean to never make anybody else feel like that or never exhibit those things or do those things I take away a teachable moment from everything that goes on in my life at this point and so when I have these types of conflicts or when I have and it's rare but when I have that with someone who I'm close to and say you can't find resolution, you know what I mean? Or the other person isn't willing to to even talk about the shit. You know what I mean? Then sometimes you just have to say, OK, what can I take from this? What's what's the lesson that I can learn from this? Right. And how can I make everyone else's life better that I'm close to and all the other people that are important to me? What can I take from this and apply it to those other relationships? Right. And I think that that's something that will make people feel better about being in a really crappy situation sometimes right because situations sometimes are just fucked up you know and there's nothing that you can do about them you try your hardest you know you 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 beat the hell out of a dead horse and sometimes it's just nothing there yeah and i i mean and stepping outside of the family like my ex and i were together for like six years Mm -hmm. and it ended terribly (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i tried to do everything within my power to not necessarily fix it because not everything is meant to be fixed, but just for us to walk away. (laughs) He said absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, just to walk away at least um, in a way that we could be cordial and just understand that it was, you know, it was a failed relationship and that's okay. You know? Let's put a pin in it there because I <laughs> that's that's another conversation that deserves its own its space. Own s- <laughs> so, but what I what, what I mm-hmm. wanted to say was that I couldn't fix it, mm-hmm. and I want and I had to accept that this is a person that is angry. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. a person that doesn't want to be friends, and this is a person that I probably will never be able to resolve with because yeah. every time I've tried, I've changed my voice been calm been angry been loving been compassionate nothing reached you know he just wants to be in that space for whatever reason and i just all it did was just make me aware that damn like that's how bad he's hurting that he's not even open open willing to to just like because you know one thing i learned too and i i was having this conversation Sometimes people are more comfortable being at war with you because at least they're talking to you. Yeah. And yep. if things are resolved, that's more of a chance of you going <laughs> separate ways and maybe not talking as yep. much. But if you're fighting, that's constant stimulation. And some people would rather See. keep it there just yep. to keep you there. That's real. You know, and once I realized that, 
I was, you know, that's when I was like, you know what? Some people thrive off of this kind of energy. Absolutely. And I, and I just didn't want that. Not it's, on my damn watch. Right. So yeah. I had to, and this goes the same for family. I've yep. had members that would rather be in conflict with you just to be with you. Isn't <laughs> like, that scary? It's very scary. It's so scary, especially when it's someone who, <laughs> it's just scary. Especially when it's someone who comes from the exact same thing that you come from has been trained, you know, the same way that you have and has has had, you know, has has been given the same type of instruction when it came to like morals and values and 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 just how to be mm-hmm. as you have. Naturally as you grow and you experience things and you see things, it shapes you and your own pers- perspective specifically, but there's a foundation there that is common amongst a group of people and so it is the most emotionally devastating feeling to have that experience have someone who is rooted in the same things that you are just be completely opposed to creating harmony with you right it's scary it is scary Asante's over here laughing I'm wondering what his story (laughs) you know what I really was here with you guys but I think because um, as I was saying, like, I think family is such like a blocked off thing for me mm-hmm. that it's so hard for me to even like connect with everything. Cause it, it's, I think now the friend effect is starting to happen. Like I'm starting to kind of resent some things in my childhood. Cause like I, the experiences that you've had that led you to feel the way that you feel or even do the work that you're doing, you know, I'm like looking back, I'm reflecting as we're sitting here having these conversations and I'm just like, damn, like, where was I the entire time? Like I was in the house with my mom and sister, like. I can remember I have vivid memories of lots of things, but I'm thinking about all of like the bad things that have happened and the struggles and things like that. And it's just like I never sat and took the time to figure out how those dynamics played, like how my family dynamics played a part in In your relationships now. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And they do. The I mean, it like we said in the first episode, it's crazy how like your parents really shape so much like my father um he bounced on us like when i turned one he was mm-hmm. like yeah no Not for me. <laughs> right? yeah. i yeah you know and, mm-hmm. and i remember being so confused and t- i took it so personal once i grew up you know and you see like fathers in the park <laughs> with their daughters and i'm sitting there like what was it about me that my dad, mm-hmm. you know, felt like it wasn't worth it? It and wasn't you know something he was interested in. I, and I really thought it was something with my mother and I. But then I started to understand that he just wasn't ready. ready. Yep. And I, it's, it sounds crazy to to like say that that's understandable because it's he had a kid. He should do something about it. But at the same time, he's a human. And if he wasn't ready, he wasn't he ready. He just wasn't ready. Right. It, it, I may actually have had a better childhood with, with him that, not with the being absence, there. Because yep. imagine and with two parents that were confused. Yep. I may have come out of disaster. There have been so many cases where parents have said, where there's been abuse within the family unit, right? And they've said, like, you know, they've had these epiphanies through therapy or counseling where they've been able to recognize that they were so resentful of the obligation of parenting that they took it out in anger on the child. Absolutely. That's something that's really common with a lot of young parents. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you see even it on though, the street. Yeah, How many times have you been on the beating train? Beating the hell out of their kid the or ki- cussing them and out. And the mom is yelling and you're looking at the mom like, my goodness, this yeah. is a child. Like, why are you so angry? So I don't know, and and I get that because the pressures of everyday everyday living rather get to me too. Shit, right. you know I'm tired of a lot of shit. And, so I can and only imagine, imagine that. Imagine 
us now with and this is what I want everyone, you know, with the mental hygiene challenge that we're going to have this week, aside from making the list um, to start resolving the different conflicts in your life. I want you to also put yourself in the other people's shoes, especially your parents. Like I'm thinking now at this age that I'm at, like I'm stressed trying to pay a Manhattan rent. Yes. You know, I'm stressed trying to be a creative when crazy things are happening in my life with my relationships and my friends and then I have to go put up a YouTube video or put up a cute picture yeah. on Instagram because that's how my bills get paid yeah. and this is my lifestyle and this is my job and how do you stay afloat and still be human and you know all those different layers and elements now imagine having a man that left you with a one-year-old yeah. while going through all of that you know what I mean like the, that is what has made allowed me to look at my mom like dude I had you completely wrong you know, and I'm and I'm so sorry. And you that know? gets deep because mm-hmm. <laughs> that gets deep and it goes into another conversation that I would like to have later. But can you imagine thinking about resentment and all those things when you have to think about what you go through in a, in a regular breakup or whatever and what you walk away with from that? You know, imagine having to then look at and care for a constant reminder of a relationship going wrong and not only that my mom says my dad and i are like twins exactly alike like she (laughs) and i know and i always wonder like is that why she beat my ass so much every time because every time she's looking at him it was the fury (laughs) seriously though you know and and I, it's so it's so complex like all, like we mentioned last time like all the triggers that everyone has it just comes from so many different things you know but i think it's important um i think the word of the week should just be compassion compassion you know because that has really helped me get through so many misunderstandings in my life to just talk about them to understand the person's perspective understand their triggers and the biggest thing is Never take things personal because 99% of the time things that you feel are being done to you because of you have nothing to do with you. And this has to do with boyfriends, moms, friends. Very rarely is it about you. I, (laughs) in in my, in my, no, this is for real. Like in my, in my quest, huh? Yeah, we need you. Come here. You have to. (laughs) Well, I'm trying. Y'all, y'all are, y'all are doing just fine without me. (laughs) No, go ahead. I just like in my quest to like be better. You know what I mean? My my number one goal is to always look at things from the other person's perspective. You know, I think it's a great way to evaluate your own behavior. And it's a great way to just understand people a little bit better. And everything you do, the next people that you meet or come across, you'll be better prepared to manage the relationships. Mm-hmm. And because it's so important to me that everyone around me is fair, I try to be fair to everybody around me. And that starts with your family. It's just a hellified resentment that can be built up. You know what I mean? When you start thinking about things deeper on a deeper level with your family members, because sometimes, damn it, you feel like they should know better. You feel like the fact that your family should just be enough. And it should just be reason enough for people to pardon for people to consider for people to forgive for people to apologize for people to whatever the fact that your family sometimes you may feel should just be enough but we have to put our big boy and big girl pants on and realize that they're people just like we are and so although we would expect that consideration or we would expect for it to be an automatic thing it's not that way for everybody right and the sooner you realize that you'll be able to avoid a lot of stress in your life 
So I understand that people are going to listen to this and they might need to hear some of this. But for me, it's just like I wouldn't like I just don't know how Mm -hmm. because I haven't reached that place in my yet to uh, I haven't reached that place in my life yet to where I can sit down and really work on my other relationships because I'm finally sitting down starting to work on myself. And I haven't even seen how um, because I work in customer service, I interact with people all the time. So it's always about other people. It's like, what do you want? Get this, get that. And like, it's always been that. So like now that I've sat down and worked on myself, I haven't even taken a look at um, the foundation as of yet. Like I'm still working on what's on top and peeling back those layers. And I haven't even figured out how to have the conversations like this list that you're talking about doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it in spirit with you. Because I know the moment that I start writing that stuff down and, like, start opening them doors, I'm just going to be like... Are you afraid of that? It's not that I'm afraid. I'm just in a place right now to where I can't... I can't honestly um, tackle tackle those things. And by tackle, you mean what? Like, just really breaking down, um, you know, who I am, who I've been, and who I'm trying to be. Yeah, but that's the point. I, right. I know because, that that's the point. That's yeah, what I'm most saying. People, I can't really... Most people are so caught up, like you said, in your your job and doing all these things that you don't make the time. And if I know you make the time to go to the gym. You know, you make the time for your body. You make the time to go to work. So your and bills I, can and be paid. And I just started doing that. Like, you know, I just like. Right. As far no, as it's work, levels. Yeah. Because, you know, with work. Well, no, hold on. Because as far as like, you know, work, too, it's like everything's all like my life, especially since I moved to New York, has just been all over the place. So right. it's like as of this year. You know, turning 28 next year is the seventh year. Like, I've then just kind of sat down. Yeah, exactly. So, like, mm-hmm. as of right now, as I'm finding my rhythm, I can't or I, re- I refuse to <laughs> to do all of that. Because, you know, with my mom and dad just getting married, you know, that's going to open some things for them. And, you know, back to my childhood, you know, thinking about the other person, not even thinking about myself and how it's going to benefit me right now. You know what I'm saying? But if you're tired of doing that, then why not stop? Did I say I was tired or I just mm-hmm. said I was earlier? You said that you're pro- <coughs> you said that you feel like you've always had to consider the other person and that you would like to be able to consider yourself more. And so just like you just said, you're thinking about the other people again. You know what I mean? It's like the cycle continues. Right. That's what I was just saying. Like, you know, there's other people again, but it's just like I can't do all this right now. And also, so, so power to y'all, you know, just like I, I didn't have that family structure. Like it was just, there's so many like broken things right there right now that as of right now and where I'm at, you know, putting together, still trying to put together being an adult and like ba- balancing my own finances and stuff like that, let alone, you know, trying to get myself mentally prepared to move forward with whomever, if not just myself, you know. But I think that's an important perspective to share though because not everyone is ready and you it's know? okay to be where you're at right i know and that's I what think... i'm saying you y'all can have y'all list this week but as for me i can't do it right now <laughs> no but, I'm, but what i'm saying is i'm glad that you're saying that because there are people that are gonna a hundred percent feel like thank you right. somebody said it like absolutely and that's an important perspective to share absolutely. like there are people who are where I'm at where you've probably already had these conversations. There are people where, you know, that are where Dustin is where he's like going to have these conversations. And then there's people that are where you're at where you're like, listen, I'm just trying to stay afloat right now right. and figure my shit out. I don't really have it in me to go ahead and start figuring out 
you know, the relationships around me. And that's why this dynamic is so perfect because we are three different people in three different stages of life. Right. And people and just, are going to connect to whoever they can connect to as long as we all share our perspectives. And speak right. from where you are, shit. You don't have to speak from where nobody else is. Right. That's Yeah, that's what'll make it cool. Yeah. So and, I don't and, think it's like, like, you know how you were like, I can't, you know, I'm not where you, I, I'm not there to have that conversation. Just speak from wherever you are. Yeah, I agree. I think it's cool, actually. Cause I'm so you, cause misunderstood. Because <laughs> right now you just you think you misunderstood by me and friend. It, well, absolutely, but like just in general, I'm so misunderstood. So it's not like like I'm not saying right now like I'm so misunderstood by you two, but it's just like overall. So, I think that's the you're gonna be 28. That's usually where you feel that way. Well, I hope the bills start paying themselves at 28. Does that happen? <laughs> I wish I could tell you they did. So now <laughs> we're going to get into what we love to do most. Yeah, right. We're getting into we another section of the show. Yeah, right. Speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> Call asking for a friend. And don't forget to send in your questions, your, your submissions for advice, whatever you feel that we can help you with or whatever you feel like you need a friend for. Go ahead and send that in to, friend, to the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com that's the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com and myself the beautiful friend and asante hey 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 i'm not we'll the beautiful asante what <laughs> it's because you said what? friend's name first right <laughs> Plus, that's, we all friends. that's all it was <laughs> yeah so send your questions <laughs> in to a beautiful friend like what <laughs> no send your questions <laughs> in <laughs> That's a whole nother show. You're beautiful. <laughs> You're beautiful. Send, give him the damn. No, give him the damn email address again. Everyone fucking high enough. I used to love that song. Remember James Blunt? You're beautiful. Yes. yes. Oh, I used to love that shit. I can't wait to listen to that when we leave. Okay, but anyway, I right now, send your emails into the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. That's the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com, and we're gonna do our damn thug thizzle and answer them for you. Let's go. What's our first question this week, Asante? So this one comes from D. Um, I just moved to the ATL. I recently went to an event where I saw a guy that I came across on Instagram. Mm. A guy that I find very attractive. He has a relative high profile in the Atlanta social circle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to laugh at that. Um I was in his presence several times where I could have easily introduced myself. He seemed rather approachable, but I never stepped up or put forth the gumption to approach him. I know I could have simply been myself, and if he didn't feel me, well, that's how game go. But being a guy that has really never approached another guy, how do you introduce yourself to someone without being too forward and maintaining a level of confidence? Thank you, and congrats. Well, thanks for congratulating us. Thank you. Thank you. Received. So, like... What kind of advice would you give to someone that, you know, never really approaches and, you know, they want to be normal? You know, they got on their freakum dress and they just want to say hello to somebody. What would you do? <laughs> freakum dress. I, you know, like for me, I'm over all the extra stuff, right? <laughs> like if you think somebody's hot, go up to them, be as normal as you can, introduce yourself. You know what I mean? If you are familiar with them from Instagram, 
say that. Be like, yeah, hey, what's up? You know, I, right. I, I, I've Off seen you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. My name is such and such. Not your Instagram name either. Give them your first yep. name. Yes, don't add you know, them in that's person. That's so awkward. Give don't them your first name, person. right? And, you know, tell when them. You people know, people come up to me like, "You remember <laughs> me? I'm Shea Butter Three Ten Three. I'm like, "Girl, like, yeah, that's a I lot of people." Every digit too. <laughs> it's so impersonal, right? Like, what the fuck? But anyway, yeah. So just tell them your name. Be like, "Hey, I think you know." What? I th- I've seen you on Instagram. I think you're really dope. Like, if you ever want to hang out, what's up? Like, here's my number. Don't ask them for theirs. Give them yours. I agree. Be like, here's my like number. That. Give me a call sometime if you ever want to link up. Shake their hand. Look them in the eye while you're doing it. And turn around and walk away like Gloria on Wayne and Exhale. He's watching. So what if you can't do it in person? Like, He's <laughs> 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 <Would> watching. You- <laughs> Oh so are you gonna ever do like the Alicia Keys? You don't know my name. Like, hello, can I speak to to Michael? Like, That's so weird. <laughs> you gonna steal his number off a napkin? You ain't gonna do that, right? It's just people. Mm. I think that a lot of times people are so intimidated by the the you know the option of being rejected that it stops them or it creates all these nerves and all this other stuff. Right. When a lot of times people are attracted to confidence, especially in guys, like people are attracted to confident men. And so if you're approaching someone without that confidence and please believe there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. You want to be confident and assured, you know what I mean? And, and, and come up to someone like, hey, you know, just make it as normal of a process as possible. And I think you'll find some success in what you're looking for. I 100% agree. I've I've never really been shy, though, when it comes to men that I want. I oh, mean, so you just step up to the plate left I and right, huh? always have. Go for it, I'm friend. not really the kind that needs to be hunted. Like, if it is what it is, if I like you and I catch you first, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, I'll go up, I've gone up to dudes and... <laughs> Seriously, like, I'll go up to a dude and... and you know, like at least you have an in. You know his brand. Right. Say something. You have that, so much information to work yeah, with. Yeah, like say something that's of interest to him. You know, maybe there's something that he's a part of, and I'm not saying to be a cheese ball and like give him a bulleted rundown, right. <laughs> like you know of right. his brand, but just you know use the. Th- I remember at the read, uh, Dustin <laughs> answered this to someone. He was like, find a common interest that can keep the conversation going, and as comfortable as you can make the person and as as confident as you can come across and just cool and chill you know it should it should work out what's the worst that can happen that they aren't interested that's fine you know you didn't even have a conversation a few minutes ago before that so you would never know them anyways it's all good and you know what i think um for me whenever i've approached people like more over the past year or two i just kind of and myself like i think about all the things that my friends like about me or that I like about myself and I play all that up when I'm talking to someone. I like that. You know, like I walk up, I'm like, oh, let me just go say what's up to my homeboy kind of and then it's just like I talk to them as if I kind of know them but I still maintain that like, you know, that distance. (laughs) Right. But um, I... I don't want to get too much about how I put it on them, but uh, <laughs> th- that's how I do. Like, I like, I like to make it real nonchalant, real that's low key. Because really once a person is, notes. especially with men, if it's like a no pressure situation, but you're confident, they like that. There's something about they're like, oh, this is cool. Like you know, we're just talking about whatever, and then they kind of start to ask themselves questions, and then you know, you really won them over. <laughs> sell it with a smile. Hair flip. Sell it. Sell it with a smile. For me, I like. I, it's just clear you know what time it is with me instantly like if i like you you know that that's Slide what i'm on like you know what's up you know what i mean if i just want to be your friend or be cool with you or i'm just being cordial you know that too and i think that that's the most respectful way to handle shit like 
I don't really believe in gray areas when it comes to that. Like if you like somebody, it should be clear. Like that's what your intentions are for me. It works right. best that way as a, you know, and if I just want to be cool, you know that too. But I'm like you, friend. If yeah. I want it, like, I'm going for it flat out. But I'm curious, like, though, because we have to keep in mind <clears> that <throat> he missed the opportunity to say something. So now he has to approach via the Internet. Or <laughs> since he's already in paying attention to his Instagram page. Right. Just go to the next thing right. where he's going to he be. He's part of the Atlanta social yep. circle. So then they're going to know they're going to they're probably going to be there just by chance anyway. So go to the next party. That sounds so stalkerish. <laughs> like, really? Just go at his next party. But think about like think about all the movies where you see the hood rats going getting ready for the party. Like, I think Jonah's going to be there tonight. You know, like, like some shit like that. But let's say he doesn't want to take the stalker out. OK. What do you suggest he should do via well, no, the internet? Well, no, I don't think going to the party would be just to see that person. <laughs> like, it's Atlanta. Like, you probably want to go to the party just anyway, to go to the party. So right. seeing that person there is a bonus. You know, like, oh, I bet such and such is going to be there. Right. I should talk to them just tonight. Just get real cute. Yep. Put on that cologne, you know, that, that's going to smell nice. You can read that awkward shit a mile away. <laughs> like, you can see it coming before it even starts. Yeah, I you think can. your best bet, dude, is just to be as normal as possible about all of this and also be as honest as possible. Like, just approach them. Hey, my name is such and such. I follow you on Instagram. You know, I think your page is really cool and I think you're really attractive. Here's my number. If you want to hang out sometime, call me or whatever. Boom. make eye contact and keep it moving like yeah, that's yeah. what i think because otherwise it's like it's just weird so, <laughs> like, it's just weird so yeah good luck with that i hope you good get luck. some give us a give us an update i know and i if, want you to write us back and tell us that you went up and we everything matchmakers. worked out okay was it so good <laughs> was it so was it so because if you did it once you did it again all right moving on to the next question Hey, friend, Dustin and Asante. I'm a 24-year undergrad student. I've been an undergrad since fall of 09, and I've been working and going to school since I was 20. I find myself surrounded by a lot of people who criticize me for still being in school, even though they have no idea. You're 20 years old. You're supposed to be in school. Um, Anyway, um, I tend to get annoyed by their smart remarks, which later turns into sadness. I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I am a double major in biology and chemistry. I work full-time at an animal clinic and do research at school. Well, pat on the back before I finish this because you were, you have a lot going on, and that's good. Not a lot of people know that I had to start all over when I transferred from my school and those who couldn't take how dark I was when I had to come back home. I guess I'm writing hoping that there's someone out there that can give me encouragement instead of judgment, even if you don't really know me. I wish I was able to find people in my life who does not try to put me down. I seem to attract negative people. First and foremost, you are on the right track with this here degree, and you have a great job. You're a double major. You're working hard. Okay, biology and chemistry; those are very important things. I mean, don't let don't let these people get you off track. As you get older, you kind of. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just start in, but like, no, it's good. <laughs> as you get older, especially like going to school, you kind of realize your circle is going to change the older you get. Anyway, oh, say that so. You know, your friends, if they're your friends, they're going to be there for that journey. They're going to work with you on it or they're going to keep it moving. But at, you just really need to stay focused. School, if that's your path and that's what you enjoy and you're you're on it and you want to keep doing it, then keep doing it. Don't let people take you off track. And those are really hard majors. Absolutely. When I said double major right? in biology and chemistry. 
I took and one chem class over. and and you started over and you're gonna and you're gonna keep going like keep going and if, you're twenty twenty you're, right no, well they're, they're twenty four now oh they're, they're twenty four now oh, like when they were twenty they did undergrad but they transferred and they had to start all over yeah man <laughs> first of all that degree is gonna have your damn name on it not nobody else's so it really doesn't matter what anybody else has to say about your track i understand that you know you see other people that you went to school with or you see other people's progression or where they are or what they've done and some people feel the need to compare themselves to that but mm-hmm. again this is your journey your educational journey your career path your track that you're on so it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and the fact that you've been dedicated enough to be a double major in two different sciences as well as work full time as well as you know hit a roadblock and then completely reboot the whole mission and and start over and keep going that's admirable keep pushing keep doing what you're doing and I personally wouldn't give a damn what anybody thought or had to say because again that degree is going to have your name on it and not anybody else's and when you graduate I want you to email the show because I didn't graduate so the fact that you kept (laughs) going after you had to start over Mm -hmm. and you're doing like your double major in the sciences and you have that full-time job like I know Dustin said it but like I have to say it again because I want you to hear right that, that is a that's a big deal like nobody People will sometimes just go to school and just get like a simple ass degree. But, yep, I went to school, did it, done. (laughs) But the fact that you're doing some shit that you enjoy. And most people don't even use their degrees when they finish. (laughs) Like, for real, how many of your friends do you know, you know, were in school with with whatever degree. And then when you come out, they're doing something completely different. Yeah, like, I mean, listen, you sound like you found a passion. And that's rare because most of us coasted through college. Like I like my degree. I don't literally has nothing to do with. Hey, Frank, I studied political science, you know, thinking I was going to be a congresswoman or something like life changes. I would have voted for you. Yeah, it would have been pretty awesome. (laughs) And (laughs) and I think that what you what you're doing and what you've taken on requires focus. And I think that a lot of that shit is distractions that you don't need. So just sign out and, and consider your blessings. You know, sometimes. You know, the universe will give it right listen, back to you and let you listen. know who you need to cut right on up out of your life story. And so if these people are bringing you all that negative energy and these are negative people, you say, you know what? That's enough. And, and I receive this message. Yeah, that's right. Block this caller. That's okay? right. <laughs> do, do block this number. Do all of that and just weed all that out so that you can be on your path to success because I need a cure for cancer. I need a cure for whatever. And all this research Word. that you're, you're doing, you're too busy we need saving that. the world. We take need your that. time. That's with right. that I don't give a damn if how long it takes you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go ahead and finish and figure it out and bye to everybody else that has something negative to say. You're doing a great job and we're proud of you. And if you ever need a, another boost, you can always message us again. That's right. <laughs> we'll remind you. And when you get that degree, hit him again. <laughs> <laughs> hit him for me. Hit him for me. <laughs> <laughs> do we have time for another one? I, I think, think we, we do. Do I, I knew what, I was going to say, say you, that. Ty? <laughs> I we got the thumbs was up. Say that we had time for one more. <laughs> right? Oh, let's see if I can find a good one. Okay, this one. Um, this one is titled "Trying to Find Myself in a Relationship." Oh boy. Hit us with it. Hey, friends. Thank you for taking the time to read my story and hear me out. Oh, hey, friends. I like that. Sorry, go ahead. I am an 18-year-old young woman entering my sophomore year in college, which has already been a huge transition in my life. I knew that college would change me, but I didn't know it would happen so fast. 
I'm evolving every day and through it, it's scary, but exciting journey I feel like I'm stuck in right now. Very quickly into my freshman year, I met a guy and an exclusive relationship between us developed soon after. Things got very serious, and although at first I was so down in the relationship and I felt like it was love, now I have second thoughts, and that is because I learned something about myself. I learned that I have no idea who I am. I don't even feel like I completely love myself. So trying to give so much emotionally to another person that I can't give is difficult. But what makes the situation even more complicated is the bond that I have with my boyfriend. We share a lot, and the spiritual connection is there. He is a wonderful person and an amazing friend above all, but I know that if we broke up because of the issues I have with myself, our friendship won't be the same. My biggest fear is losing the person because he's been there for me since day one. So ultimately, I'm trying to hold on to a relationship that I feel is holding me back from what I should be focusing on right now in life. I feel like that male love that I never had growing up has really made me dependent on filling the gap of my lack of self-love with the affection from a male. I still feel like I'm missing something from within myself with a boyfriend. I'm trying to build a relationship with myself while also building a very emotional relationship with someone else who has also have their very own personal and difficult issues going on as well. I just don't feel ready for the emotional commitment of a relationship. Any wisdom would help. I appreciate in advance. Much love. Ooh. I think. <laughs> no, that was heavy. All of us had to take a Ooh. deep breath. Woo! Bag lady. <laughs> you gon' hurt your back. Okay. I'm dragging all them bags. Love One day. day, all them bags. <laughs> and that day is today. It's today. Okay. I think that, on, for real, for real. Right. I think that the first thing. <laughs> I think that the, <laughs> the Gucci bag lady. <laughs> let it go, let it go, let it go. Oh my God. Talking about the Fendi bag lady. <laughs> But your love can make it better. That live version should be tearing oh. that up. <laughs> anyway, so back to the question. But I think I think Ooh, the gosh, first thing y'all. that would be great is for you to sit down and just like you wrote that letter to us, say all those things uninterrupted to your boyfriend. Tell them who you are. Tell them where you are in life and tell them what's going on, especially if you guys have this close bond and, and you it's really important to you to build this relationship. Just let them know what you're going through. Tell them, hey, listen, I feel lost. I'm confused because I love you very, very much, but I also don't feel like I am me and I don't know what that means yet. I don't want to lose you, but I also don't feel like I can give you what I feel like you need from me. I don't even know how. And this is where I am today. Your boyfriend may be able to offer you some insight, regardless of whatever he's going through on his own. You never know until you ask. And also, if it's someone that you love and respect that much, then it would be great to offer them that much respect as in in being forthcoming about what's going on with you and where you're at in your life. Let them know. I think that it'll remove a lot of emotional weight off of you. And you may gain some of the clarity that keeping that a secret has hindered you from having. Like, that's a lot of work. People are so quick to judge other people when they feel like they have secrets. But most secrets are motivated by a desire not to hurt somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's so much work to keep a secret from someone that you love and care about, especially when you don't want to damage them or hurt their feelings. So maybe if you free yourself from all of that and from that burden, you may have the clarity in the room to actually kind of figure things out. So my suggestion would be to be honest with your partner and just go from there organically. And you never know, he might be feeling the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say that. Because you, you could be hiding those feelings and he could be hiding them as well. And when you 
open yourself up to having very clear communication about where you're at in your space, you know, mentally, he might be like, whoo, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you don't want to be the part. Like you said, you guys are friends. You have a great bond. No one wants to be the person to, to cause any tension or break that up. So I think it would be cool to, like Dustin said, tell him exactly what you just told us in the letter and you never know where it could take you it it may even create a tighter bond that's more so based on a really great friendship you could look at him and be like you know what i'm sick of this shit he could look at you and be like i'm sick of this shit girl me too and then you know no i'm just kidding it just was funny and the phrase sick of this shit makes me laugh And and you're in college too let me just say as the resident old fogey the relationship I was in in college felt really deep and important at the time. And now, friend, how it feels. And now I just couldn't even tell you where he is. Hey. <laughs> so this isn't to say that you guys, I'm not trying to invalidate the power of your bond in any way. But what I am saying is that there are moments, there are seasons, there are phases and life keeps going and you're going to meet more people and you're going to meet great people. You're going to meet awful people. You're going to meet a lot of people that are going to bring out a lot of things that are important like that have to come out of you so appreciate this for what it was if he's really your friend he will still be your friend and you'll be okay either way that's my advice and you know what to bridge the advice this is this is because i agree with both of y'all like i would (laughs) love for you know you to sit down with your boyfriend and really just like talk to them about what's going on and you know this is going to go one of two ways like if this is your boyfriend somebody you feel like really comfortable with you should feel comfortable enough to talk to them about this and you know you're not supposed to be alone on your journey whether it's with this person that's your boyfriend or not because if you're a sophomore in school you still you know got a lot of party in you so you know it's really young (laughs) i'm saying so you know all of these signs that you're seeing you know they're not it's not for no reason like definitely don't ignore them so but definitely talk to your boyfriend because, you know, who knows, maybe they will be there with you on that journey. And it's meant for you to struggle with this before you tell them so then they can relieve you of all that. So, you know, that they're going to be there for you. But if not, you know, you're still young. You've got yeah. so much life left oh to my live. Goodness, so much, so life, right? much liquor to drink. <laughs> well, that was um, our last question of the day. Thank you all for submitting your questions. Fran, you should give them the email if you remember it. They want to send in some more questions, even though Dustin already gave it to them. <laughs> Just in case you hear it again, the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. Hit us with your best questions. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, everybody that has listened to the show has uh, received it so well. So you guys said your thank yous in the beginning, but I want to say thank you personally to everybody that's, you know, taking the time to listen, clicked, subscribed, shared, retweeted. I mean, it's it's a blessing to know that there's a lot of y'all out there that are rooting for us or just looking for people like yourselves. So just know that you're not alone because you got the friend zone. Hell yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That, that was off the dome, too. I didn't know what <laughs> was going to come out Hashtag that. <laughs> also, I want to give a huge thank you to our other um, friends in the podcast world who have shown overwhelming support. Shout out to The Read hey. here at our, our home network, Loudspeakers Network. And our also, siblings. yes, and hey. shout out to Two Guys and One Girl for, hey. for uh, Two Guys and A Girl, rather. Hey. For showing us love on their podcast, XDJ and Jay Williams. They have a great thing going over there. Sure so make do, sure you guys sure like do. and subscribe to that. And just it feels good to be amongst 
you know, in a, a part of a community that's doing some really great things and to have them show appreciation when they've all been doing this for so long. Shout out to Fan yeah. Bro. Special shout, shout out, out to, to them. Fan Bro. Being just so, like, supportive and, right. you, know, you know, doing work with okay. us. You know what I'm saying? And it's another guy that works here at the network. He uh, he edits our shows and stuff. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Psych. He's Don't sitting right across from me. <laughs> Ty, thank you for everything that you do. We appreciate you. Because you know. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no? Wow. I didn't realize you guys were wrapping up. <laughs> With that dub. <laughs> Did you hear this fool singing Dangerous here in love? Because Ty. <laughs> she ain't even catch it, so you have to call me out. I can't do this. Is this how it ended? I thought you guys were going. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> hold on. Should we rap again? Hold on. I'm going to beatbox. You want to rap? I'll rap beatbox. Okay. I got it. Thank you for tuning in to us talking shit. Yes, once again, we bring you what we got to say. And this is the friend zone anyway. It's Fran and Dustin. And his name is Asante. And we trust in that you gonna like and subscribe to and listen to us every week. Even if what we say does stink. Mm. Just think about it. Do what you do and talk about it. I was about to get nasty. I'll save that for the next one. Listen to the friend zone. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you guys. Wait, wait. We sound like the Braxtons. Let's stop. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.